Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. Michigan is set to play its third and final non-conference game of the season when it hosts Bowling Green on Saturday night. Will this one, like the last two, produce a lopsided result? What's the latest on the depth chart? We tackle those topics and more coming up on Wolverine Confidential. Okay, guys, good to be talking with you here Thursday morning, September 14th, two days away from Michigan's game against Bowling Green at Michigan Stadium. Like I said, third and final non-conference game of the season. I think I think we're all kind of excited for that to to be the case. Yes, and we can we can move on to some better opponents. Do you, do you agree with me on that? I do, but at the same token, I don't think the Big Ten schedule, at least the beginning, is is any much better. Um, but yes, I am looking forward to Big Ten football. Oh, yeah, I'm ready to fast forward to, to November at this point with what's been going on with some of the other Big Ten teams and Michigan's opponents. But yes, it should be better than uh, Bowling Green, UNLV, and East Carolina Slate for sure. Now, Zook, are, it's, it's a night game. Um, you know, first one of the season, uh, first one uh, at the newly renovated big house with the new lights. Uh, are you concerned your mind's going to be playing tricks on you throughout that lightning has struck? Uh, Michigan Stadium because that was a problem even during a 3:30 kick with uh you know the intensity of the new scoreboards. Yes, like I mean it, I kept getting a glare every time they like switched graphics on the on the scoreboards and it's like what the, what was that what was that and it was like no it's just a scoreboard not lightning. But yeah, no, it it was uh messing with me a little bit in there. I'm surprised it was just me, unfortunately. I now I feel kind of like an idiot, but I thought you were gonna ask, was it Grant Newsome you asked about if they had like practiced that night, you know, in, in yes. the big house to prepare for it. I thought you were then gonna ask, ever think that it looks like lightning coming in? But <laughs> you didn't. Um all right. So yeah, Michigan a, a massive favorite in this game. I think it's up to, you know, like forty points, something like that. Um forty one on Bet Rivers. There you go. We'll get into the uh you know, some of the connections uh, between the, the staffs in this game and, and a little bit about Bowling Green um, later on. But first, from from Michigan's side, uh, let's just talk about sort of health um, and the depth chart, because, you know, we, we heard about maybe some rotation happening uh, along the offensive line, the Michigan method, as the Michigan coaches like to call it. Um, and maybe that hasn't played out or it just wasn't necessary. seems like we know who that group is and maybe some, uh, some updates on, on injured Wolverines as well. Yeah. It hasn't played out at least along the offensive line. Um, at least right now. Right. Uh, we, we talked to Shomar earlier this week, the offensive line coach, he said the plan right now is to still start uh, Carson Barnhart and Miles Hinton at tackle. Um, not, a, I guess not a huge surprise given the fact that both of them have started the previous two games. So they're going to roll with the same offensive line. Um, it is important to note here that the last two games, Michigan has started Trent A. Jones as a sixth lineman, and they've used him in certain packages. So that's not to say they won't use him going forward. But, but yeah, I mean, the, the, they were talking rotation early in the, before the season started, maybe getting some different guys starts in, in, in different games, and that just really hasn't been the case so far. I think part of it is they're, they're, they are happy with what they have at the top. They believe they have the best five. But I think, too, there's, there's the element here of, of like, 
getting the offensive line to start gelling, right? Like we've we've talked about the struggles with with run blocking. Um, Jerome Moore did say that he saw some improvement from week one to week two. So I think part of it too is is getting these guys to play three games in a row and just start, you know get used to playing next to one another. And I think the hope, at least internally, is that they can they can put it together and, put, and have a complete game on this Saturday against against Bowling Green. Yeah, for me to see that they're not going to continue to rotate guys or give a few other guys some reps with the first team says that there must be a pretty big gap in practice between them because I mean you would think that at the start of camp they said like we literally have four starting tackles and then all of a sudden it seems like oh all of a sudden yeah we have our starting five through two games when you know you can maybe afford to give uh, a couple of the backups or a couple of the other guys some some reps too so it, it must be that Hinton and and Barnhart are, are clearly above the other two and uh, and we'll we'll see what, what happens, but I mean the the run game hasn't been great. So if maybe if they continue to struggle there, some other guys get an opportunity. But uh, yeah, I guess it's a uh, wait and see there. Part of me wonders too, like what Ladarius Henderson, the transfer from Arizona State's thinking, right? I, I got to assume he came in thinking he was going to get the starting job, whether it was left tackle or right tackle. He just hasn't gotten it. Um, you know, it's interesting with him because at least notable because he played a lot of guard at Arizona state and those two positions theoretically weren't open. So uh, interesting predicament he finds himself in. He could have left the NFL after last year. He chose not to and wanted to kind of follow a, an Olu situation where he got to Michigan and just improved and, and, and you know, uh, got better and improved his draft stock. And right now, so far, at least it's not happening. He still has one more year of eligibility after this year though, too, correct? If need be. Yeah, I think so when you when you factor in the 2020 COVID year. Right. But that's always tricky, too. How about at other spots as far as Wolverines who either didn't play in the last game or or and, and maybe coming back or um, were banged up in the last game? What is kind of I know we'll get our you know official report you know before the game, but um, where do things kind of stand right now on Thursday morning? Yeah, the expectation is I think the secondary is going to start getting a little bit healthier. I think they're going to try and get some of those guys in that haven't played in the last few weeks or played much. Um, I do expect Will Johnson to play a little bit more. Uh, him and Markari Page apparently did practice this week. Uh, we were told Rod Moore was still being held out, even though we were told last week he was practicing. So I don't know what to make of the Rod Moore situation, but I I, I got to think, you know, from all all you know all accounts, these injuries aren't particularly serious, and Michigan's coaching staff has kind of been choosing to hold, hold them out uh, to keep them kind of healthy for when, you know, competition ramps up. So uh, as we said, you know, Big Ten schedule does begin next week. So I got to think some of these guys are going to get more reps. How many? I don't know. Um, but, you know, given the fact that this probably will be a blowout on Saturday, they're not going to play a ton. But I do think you got to get them in the game to kind of get them, get their feet wet again and get, get reacclimated to, uh, to what Michigan's trying to do. And it sounds like uh, Jack Tuttle is is fine at, at quarterback and, and healthy again. Even though it, it was when he went down kind of awkwardly and was scary for a second, he didn't seem to to move right away. But his former Indiana teammate AJ Barner said uh, he should be good to go. And but he probably will not be the first guy into uh, a, a, the game as far as backup quarterback situation this week. So it looks like it will either be uh, probably Jaden Denigal. Am I correct there, Aaron? Will be the first guy in if if Mission has a big lead. That's what it sounded like. He was the, you know, the I guess the next off the bench last week after they they screwed up with Davis putting Davis Warren in when they weren't supposed to. So it sounds like Jane Denegal's first. Alex Georgie follows him up. Um, I, I think in an ideal situation, Michigan would probably prefer getting uh, you know Jaden in maybe midway through the third quarter. 
and then and then having uh, Orchie, you know, close it out. But Jim made it apparent, obvious this week. He was adamant that he wants to see those guys in games. Um, and if they don't get in Saturday for some reason, then they're going to try. They're going to roll it forward to, to whatever the next you know lopsided game is, whether that's Rutgers or or sometime else in the Big Ten schedule. Michigan's run game has not been great uh, through the first two games, and at least you know I think part of that is just expectations for it being dominant given the opponent, uh, given what it was last year. Uh, so I, I guess more generally, like you know we're talking about like does does Michigan need to to fix or you know how can Michigan fix its run game? I guess the question is you know do, does it need fixing? Sometimes I wonder if it's just again you know they're, they're winning games, they're putting up points. You know if teams are determined to take away the run, then, you know, Michigan, Michigan has had no problem throwing the ball. Um, ideally you want to see both done well in, in every game, but I don't know. I'm not sure with, with how defenses are playing them. That's always possible. I guess, where do you, what do you make of the run game so far? And what are you expecting to see on Saturday? I think it's like an all of the above situation, right? You know, I was surprised Monday at how adamant Jim Harbaugh was in the fact that they are focusing on the run game and improving it this week. Um, you know, he said that, you know, mistakes were being made at pretty much every level from perimeter blocking from the receivers to run blocks from the offensive line to the running backs, just not making the right cuts or just not being, being quick enough in, in their, their moves. So it, it's really kind of all the above situation. I, I thought, as I said earlier in the week, I thought Blake played a better game last week. It wasn't, I think, uh, vintage Blake Corn game, but we also got to keep in mind he is coming off the injury. He said he didn't get hit much in in camp and in in the off season. So I think he's kind of feel you know feeling himself out again some more. I, I think it's kind of like a, a, him getting his feet wet situation. Donovan Donovan's the one I'm really concerned about, right? Like we saw him end the season strong last year despite being injured, and he just hasn't been able to kind of uh, bridge that to the start of this year. Now there's obviously still ten games left to go. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he get we went off for 120 yards on Saturday against Bowling Green with a couple of big runs, but we just haven't seen it yet. And I think until we do, I, I think there's gonna be some question marks with with Donovan Edwards. And to me, I'm trying. I'm thinking a little bit like what can maybe fix this run game. And I'm thinking hmm, maybe a little bit more of JJ Reed options, but you probably don't want him running the ball against Bowling Green either. So maybe they're they're saving a little bit more of their run game wrinkles for for Big Ten play. But you know, Aaron's right. Like you. The, the the offensive line needs to create some more openings. The the perimeter blocking needs to be better. And yet you want to see the running backs if they only have one slight little hole, make that cut, make that move, and, and get to the second level and, and pick up some extra yardage. And we haven't really seen that too much from from Donovan and Blake so far. So yeah, there's there's stuff. There's definitely going to be a lot to watch. Bowling Green. Uh, his run defense was pretty good against uh the, in the first game. I think against Eastern Illinois. Not so much against Liberty in uh, in their second game, so I, I think there's there could be some some yards to be had on the ground, and we'll we'll see if Michigan t- can take advantage of them. Yeah, you got that flipped. Liberty was the first game they lost, oh, yeah. and then right, they just yes, beat yes. Eastern Illinois. But yes, remember too the one thing we talked about ad nauseum last year about Blake Corbin was his ability to get yards after contact. You know, he he turned a three yard run into a five yard run or a four yard run into seven yard runs. We haven't seen that a ton this year. Now he hasn't been in a lot of those situations. Michigan's been throwing the ball a lot more on first and second down, um, but it's clearly not. He's not being used in the same way he was last year, and he's not, you know, getting those extra yards. Part of that again it goes back to I think him just coming off the injury and, and and not being hit a ton in practice. So I think as the season goes on, you're going to see. I think you're going to see him develop. I do think he's still got the same burst in it as he had last year, but it's going to take some time. I think Michigan acknowledges that, and I think that's one of the reasons why we've seen Michigan emphasize the play action so much here early in the season 
which is a you know a huge contrast to how they played last year. Yeah, I mean, what Corum missed a good part of four games last year, and he still finished uh, top ten in the country and forced missed tackles um, by, by running back. So I mean, he that's that's one of the staples of his game, being able to make guys miss and, and break through them. And and yeah, I don't think through. I think he only has one or two in in these these first couple of games, which is uncharacteristic of. Now here we are, the the third and, and final game of Jim Harbaugh's suspension too, and I think you know it kind of says something that we're what ten minutes into this chat, and this is the first time we're we're kind of really mentioning that because I don't know, it's just that's it's old hat now. Like, yep, he missed the first two, they had no problem, and and now here we go one one more time. Uh, but yeah, it is a different um, you know head, acting head coach. This one will be uh, Sharon Moore, the offensive coordinator, who. Know, also was suspended for the first game, came back last week, and now, uh, you know, he'll be running the show in addition to, uh, you know, calling the plays on offense. So I don't know any what's I guess what's interesting about that. Do you expect anything different on Saturday because he's there and, and Harbaugh's not or? Yeah, not a ton. I mean, just remember, Sharon is the offensive coordinator, right? So he's going to still lead the offense and, and still I think I think it's a good game for him to get organized and kind of learn the the ins and outs being a head coach. But you know, you're right. It's we're at game three and now the suspension, and I think some in some ways some pe- folks have just have forgotten about it just because Michigan's been rolling and winning games easily. And I think the expectation is Saturday it's going to be just the same. Uh, but this is a different head coach. I mean, it is a different uh, a, a, another opportunity for a d- different individual. Um, Sharon, it seems like every, the last couple of off seasons his name has popped up for head coaching jobs. I suspect it will again this uh, this this off season. Uh, he's probably top of the, the list at this point of, of the Michigan assistants next Bay head coach. So perfect opportunity for him. I know he welcomes it and, and then, uh, we can get on with the suspension talk at least, at least for now. Yeah. I mean, I'll just be looking forward to just seeing if he puts in the wrong guy at any point. And, and we hear about it on Monday from Jim Harbaugh. I was kind of surprised that, uh, he, he mentioned that, uh, with uh, a little Mike Hart gaff there as far as personnel, but, no, I mean honestly, I think either one of either one of us can can have the play sheet on and be the head coach on on Saturday, and, and Michigan would win by a similar score. So, uh, I think this whole head coaching duties when you have so many guys on staff that are know how to do their jobs, and I, I think it's it makes for a pretty uh, seamless transition, and we've seen that through two games. What what are you dialing up as Michigan's play caller, Ryan Zoom? <laughs> oh man, throwing me on the spot. I mean, I, I'm I'm seeing. Uh, a lot of a lot of streaks and and just bombs, hail marys. <laughs> yeah, video game style yeah. offense. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, all right, yeah. So you know, this is a, a Bowling Green team that's uh, you know one and one, as, as Ryan mentioned. Um, you know, Liberty's Liberty's a, a, a solid program. Hugh Freeze, you know, got them to a higher level than they'd been accustomed to. He's not there anymore, but um, you know, tough tough road game to start the year. They were they were competitive. Um, yeah. And then beat, beat Eastern Illinois pretty handily. That's an FCS team. Um, but yeah, Scott Leffler is their head coach. Um, you know, fifth season, he's a former Michigan quarterback. Um, you know, never threw a pass at Michigan, only got in one game before injuries, um, derailed him, but then he turned to, uh, you know, become a student assistant, grad assistant, uh, eventually returned as the quarterback's coach, uh, for, for a period before, moving on to various roles, including, you know, offensive coordinator stops uh, along the way before getting his first uh, head coaching job at Bowling Green. We have plenty of, you know, stories about him now and then kind of some of the connections at mlive.com slash 
Wolverines, but you know, it's, it's, it's been fun. I mean, we got, you know, one of Jim Harbaugh's great press conference moments talking about, you know, his dad, Jack, who's a Bowling Green alum. He, he played there. He then, you know, coached there as an assistant, um, you know, just kind of bragging about what Bowling Green's going to, going to do when they come to Ann Arbor this Saturday. But, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of connections here, which kind of adds another layer of, of entertainment to this game. Yeah, BG assistants that were four Michigan players. Uh, Kevin Tolbert, their strength coach, was Harbaugh's strength coach before he brought in Ben Herbert. So, like you said, a lot of a lot of connections. The Harbaugh family has a has a mutual admiration and a, you know affection for BG, as you mentioned. In fact, Jim Harbaugh on Monday night on his own radio show uh, was was singing the BG fight song. It wasn't the first time he's done that. So uh, they, they really respect BG. A lot of history there. That's where uh, Jim's mom and dad met. Uh, so you know he always. You know, he said he, every time they, they drive south with the family, they, they look out and uh, look to Dwight Perry Stadium there along I-75 uh, and BG campus. So uh, they love BG. Uh, a lot. Of, there's a good connection there. You throw in Scott Leffler and, and all the, the you know, former Michigan guys on staff there, and I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a heartwarming game. I, I don't expect a, a blowout. I don't expect Michigan to run the score up on them just out of, again, mutual respect. Um, but it, it's going to be a good game. It'll be a fun game, I think. And that's why the entire Wolverine Confidential crew is on Bowling Green plus 40 and a half this week. I don't know that for sure. Our, our scores have been very close and, you know, not spot on these first first couple of games. But um, I don't know. Maybe we'll see see some some differences this time around in in our, our predictions. Don't 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 assume what I'm going to be picking for this game. Uh, Your picks are already on on MLive.com this week. Oh, against the spread. Against, against the, the spread, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know that that was that had to be submitted. You know that was Tuesday night. Now we've got, you know, by by Friday morning. Who knows what I'll what I'll be thinking? But uh, fair enough. Um, all right, what else we got, Zook? Some uh, recruiting news as well. You want to share with our listeners? Yeah, I mean, just kind of some news that we've all kind of seen coming for the last month or so. Uh, Mantras Walker, a, a three-star linebacker in the 2025 class. Uh, announced on X, formerly known as Twitter, that he is decommitted from uh, Michigan. And, uh, I mean, he announced late July that he was basically had reopened his recruitment anyways. And uh, to me, when I see that, I kind of assume that means like, hey, all right, if you're listening to other schools, announcing offers from other schools and, and taking visits to other schools, you're basically not in the class. So I'm, I, I quote tweeted his tweet saying, yeah, Michigan – and uh, appears to be decommitted, and he messaged me like, "No, I'm not decommitted. I'm still in the class. I'm just listening to other schools." And then, sure enough, now it's uh, an official decommitment. Um, so, I mean, still early on in, in the class, but any decommitments are always notable. He plays for uh, Buford in uh, Georgia, which is kind of a, a powerhouse program in uh, in the country. And I, I know Michigan's gotten some guys from there in the past. They're also interested in the running back in the 2025 class. I don't know how this will affect that, um, but yeah, notable none, nonetheless. Yeah, we talked about that uh, a little bit before we started recording the whole decommitment versus you know just you know op- reopening your recruitment. It's really no different. It's it's your like Aaron was saying. It's you know you're 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 dating someone. That person thinks you're exclusive, but you do, you're you're not. You want you're 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 still looking for for other <laughs> options out there. So I mean, again. None of it is is official. The national letter of it, of intent is you actually sign something for that. But until you get to that stage, um, yeah, you either you know you're committed and it's kind of understood that they're they're holding that spot for you, or or you're not. And then yeah, 
they'll 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 look elsewhere. So I guess I mean he's got a lot of big time offers. I mean he's 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 fallen from a four star to three star, but he's still ranked in the top four hundred in the in the twenty four seven composite. I mean he's got schools like Florida, Florida State, LSU, Miami, uh, Ohio State, Penn State, all uh, all offering them. So I mean there's there's some some schools that are going after him hard, and it's it's weird too. It seems like Colorado is in the mix for a lot of more of these. Uh, top tier prospects now that Deion Sanders is there than than they were in the past. It's notable too here that this is still early. It's a 2025 class. So deep decommitment comes very early in the process. So Michigan still has plenty of time to, to fill that hole and, and find another running back or you know, maybe two. You never know. All right. Well Michigan uh will take on bowling green on uh Saturday night, seven thirty Eastern time and you know, the official game notes at least for Michigan they they say that's what it is, seven thirty. Uh often it's been Little, little later than advertised time, but that's on Big Ten Network. Um, three non-conference games. We've got all the kickoff times covered. Noon, you know, three thirty, and now, now prime time, seven thirty, uh, under the the new, brighter and and, and fancier lights at uh, Michigan Stadium. So we'll have full coverage uh, before, during, and after at mlive.com/slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening. <laughs>